evening, whatever the case is for you. Those of you who are in Canada, on the east coast of Canada, God bless you. Good morning. Those of you in Germany, good evening, good night, whatever. If you're in the Philippines, happy tomorrow. Tell me what the news happened uh, tomorrow so that I can <clears throat> get some information back. Anyway, um, <clears throat> maybe I can make a bet on something. And then because you're over there, you can tell me what's going on. I, you know, I, because um, then I can make bets on it. You know, what happened in New Zealand, what happened all over the place. Well, welcome. Um, here we are. <clears throat> we, yesterday, we talked about the feeding of the 5,000 men. I personally believe that we uh, talked to, or that Jesus fed about 15,000 people. When you talk about wives and children uh, that were there and... Um, and then so, uh, and then the disciples picked up 12 basket loaves, um, one for each of them, I'm supposing. I don't know if Peter had two baskets full and Philip had none, I don't know. But the deal is they picked up 12 basket full of fragment, fragments. <clears throat> and, uh, and one thing I want to bring out about that is that Jesus always provides for your needs tomorrow. Okay? Um, in the Lord's model prayer that he gave in Matthew 6, he said, uh, give us today our daily bread. But actually, the translation is, give me today tomorrow's bread. So God is giving you provisions for tomorrow without you even thinking about it. Um, well, as we get into today's lesson, I just want to share that you can get my two books, SOS, A 50-Day Journey into the Heart of God. Uh, you can also get from Breakdown to Breakthrough, My Journey to Soul Health, uh, both of them on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, and uh, any other .com that has books for sale. Um, you can get them from me, Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. From me, it's $20, and that includes shipping. I don't know what handling is. What do people say handling? I'm handling this, you know, like whatever. Whatever you got to do, you know, to please yourself, just go for it. Anyway, <clears throat> so you can do that. If you want to donate to the ministry, contact me at TomAndSarahMinistries at gmail.com. So here we are uh, picking up John chapter 6, and we're starting with verse 16. Um, remember, Jesus at the end of this went up to the mountainside to be alone. Uh, sometimes you got to be alone. Sometimes you got to get yourself alone away from people. People drain you. Hear what I said? People drain you. And um, they either dump your, their problems on you or um, they, uh, just being there actually gives them a, um, you know, sometimes it just takes a lot out of you. Uh, and, and, and especially if you're in the ministry, you know what I'm talking about. So, uh, Jesus had to be alone. He had to get away. Uh, Luke calls it his custom. Okay? Uh, as was his custom, he went to the mountain alone. So Jesus did this. And I, I recommend that you get alone once in a while with the Lord. After waiting until evening for Jesus to return, the disciples went down to the lake. Okay? They waited till evening for Jesus to return. <coughs> And a lot of times we go ahead and we say things and we do things um, and we get impatient because Jesus didn't come quickly. 
right? Have you ever had that when you're like waiting for the presence of the Lord and it doesn't happen? You're waiting for the presence of God and it doesn't happen right away? Can you wait? Can you, can you be patient? The Bible says, I think it's Psalm 46, 10, it says, be still, cease your striving and know or become intimate with God. And after waiting until evening for Jesus to return, the disciples went down to the lake. But as darkness fell, he still hadn't returned. <laughs> uh, and I love this because a lot of times darkness falls on us. Darkness falls on us. And we don't know really what to do about that. Darkness comes on us. We, um, uh, in Isaiah 60, verse uh, 2, he says, Though darkness covers the earth, that's physical darkness, and deep darkness, the peoples, that is uh, an emotional darkness, a spiritual darkness. Um, we have been given the light to go, okay? So the disciples, I believe here, felt like, oh no, what happened to Jesus? He still hadn't returned. So the disciples got into a boat and headed across the lake to Capernaum. Now remember, Capernaum is the village of Nahum. Nahum, Nahum me, oh man, it's <laughs> still dark. Um, and Nahum means comfort, or uh, what they were going to is the village of comfort. When God seems distant from you, don't run from him, but go to comfort. Where is the comfort? Go to him. I was reading uh, Jeannie Guyon's book this morning, and, uh, and she was talking about waiting on the Lord. Sometimes God withdraws his presence to see if you're following him for the goosebumps or the, uh, or the chicken skin or whatever you want to call it. Are you following him for the gushy feelings that you feel or are you following him for him? Are you pursuing him or are you pursuing the feeling? So God will withdraw the, um, the feeling of his presence. Remember, God never leaves you. He never pushes you aside. He's always there. But are you willing to wait until you sense him again? Wait for him. Don't wait for the feeling. Remember, when you get married, your honeymoon only lasts a short time compared to the rest of the marriage. And a lot of people get divorced right about the time that their marriage is, um, is about to grow into something deeper. And they give up. My marriage ended after 34 years. And I'm like, what in the world happened to that? Personally, I believe that there comes a point when you just work things out. My parents were married over 50 years, and believe me, they were Italian parents. I mean, sometimes you'd see flip-flops flying across the room, slippers flying across the room. And my mom was a good shot. I could never get away from her. But she, you know, she, she was better at it than Tom Brady in a football game. I'm telling you, she could hit me from 20 feet, no problem, with a slipper. So they headed across to the village of comfort. Go to the village of comfort. Remember, Jesus said that the comforter, the Holy Spirit, we have a comforter. 
That's the Holy Spirit. And he's not an it. He's a he. He will guide you into all truth. He will bring you into all truth. Okay, so they're going across the lake. And by now, a strong wind uh, was blowing. The Spirit stirred up in their behalf uh, is another way to translate it. The, the Spirit stirred up. And a lot of times you're going to have a strong wind. You're going to have a uh, prevailing uh, wind happen to you that one, will make you fearful. Two, it'll help you move if it's going in the correct direction. And these strong winds. And, and now I'm not the kind of fisherman that would go into the a river, but I did a couple of times. And, uh, and I remember going into a river and there were really high waves in this river. And yes, I still caught a couple salmon, but um, there was really high waves in this river, the Columbia River, and, and I got scared. And, you know, these were professional fishermen. So this wind, this spirit was beginning to blow and was stirring up the waters. It was stirring it up. And the disciples had rowed halfway across the lake. So they rowed about three or four miles. So if, you see, if you've seen the lake, uh, that they, uh, the, the Lake Galilee, or the lake that they were in, I think it was the Lake of Tiberias, that about halfway is about three or four miles. So they've rowed three miles. Now, there's no way to get back. You're, you're in. You're in. When all of a sudden they caught sight of Jesus walking on top of the waves coming toward them. Now, you have to understand that Jesus is ruler over all of your situations, good and bad. He is the ruler. He walks on top of them. And, and I've heard people say, uh, under the circumstances. Well, my question always is, what are you doing under the circumstances? Why don't you be with Jesus on top of the circumstances? That's a good word there, Tom. When nobody pats you on the back, pat, pat yourself on the back. <clears throat> Jesus walking on top of the waves and he's coming toward them. Jesus will always come to you. He's always pursuing you. So see him. Go get him on top of your circumstance, on top of your sickness, on top of your family problems, on top of your bank account on top of your desires. See him there, and he is coming to you. Remember, his name is Jehovah Jireh. That is his redemptive name that was paid for on the cross, and he will always provide for your needs. He will always provide for you. And in fact, according to the model prayer that Jesus gave, he provides to you today what you will need tomorrow. Did you ever get a prophetic word that didn't make any sense to you? at that moment and doesn't fit for that situation? That's because it may be for tomorrow. It's your weapon for tomorrow. Well, that's a good word too. You know, there you go. And, uh, and then so when Jesus was coming to them, he was coming toward them, the disciples panicked. They freaked out. Ah! <clears throat> I would too, actually, if I... If I've seen a person walking on water for the first time, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. In one other uh, book, 
It says that um, one of the disciples says, it's a ghost. It's a spirit. <laughs> and they were panicking. What is this thing? But, I love this, verse 20, but Jesus called out to them, don't be afraid, you know who I am. Now the literal translation of that is, do not fear, I am. That is the name of God. Yahweh is the name of God. I am who I am. Remember Moses? Moses says, who should I say sent me? And he says, tell him I am sent you. So the Israelites went up to Moses and they said, uh, Moses, who's going to deliver us? I am. Who's going to help us cross the Red Sea? I am. Right? I am is. That's his name. I am. Fear not. I am. Whenever you are in a position where you can fear, run to I am. Run to God. Run. Do not walk. Do not hesitate. Do not crawl. Do not become a turtle. I, I was in Hawaii a couple years ago, and there were some sea turtles in the water. And um, they're pretty swift in the water. But you get them on land, and those things are slower than a teenager trying to clean his room. Don't be afraid, I am. I'm telling you today, don't fear, I am. Don't fear what men can do to you. Don't fear flesh and blood. Fear the one that can send you in, you know, that, that, uh, that is God. Fear him. Now, a lot of people say that that means revere him, and it does. A lot of people say that means to honor him, and it does. But it also means be afraid of him. <laughs> Get into it, man. Come on. Be afraid of God. Not to push him away or to get away from him, but fear him so that you will draw closer. And then in verse 21, after he said, don't be afraid, I am, or do not fear, I am, they were relieved to take him in. Now, when I got back to Reading here, um, the first, I, literally, I came in on a Sunday. I flew in on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, the guy who picked me up, really good friend, he took me to, to uh, Bethel that night. They were having an encounter night. And um, I got to tell you, the relief that I felt from the heaviness that was on me I felt such relief when I got into his presence. It was such a relief to take him in. Remember, Jesus lives in you. And he also wants to come out of you. He is in you. And whenever you get alone with the God, uh, alone with the Holy Spirit, alone with God, alone with Jesus. You're going to have distractions that come on you that you have to just push aside. All right? I, I usually carry a little writing 
notebook next to me. I didn't today, but <clears throat> carry a little notebook with me. So if my mind wanders or gets distracted, hey, I need to do this, I need to do that, I write it down. I write it down so that I can get to it later. And then that thought has no place to go. If you get distracted, go in. Don't go outside to look for him. Look for him in here because that's where he is. The Holy Spirit has put you on like a, like, a, like a cloth or a glove. And Jesus resides in you. The Holy Spirit resides in you. You know, you, you know, in the Old Testament, a lot of times it says, and the Spirit of God came upon Samson. The Spirit of God came upon Gideon. That word came upon for Gideon's sake. I don't know about, I have to look it up for Samson's sake. But for Gideon's sake, it means that the Holy Spirit uh, put on Gideon as a garment. They were relieved to take him in. And the moment Jesus stepped into the boat, they were instantly transported to the other side. Now, I gotta tell you, I would love that. I would love to get on a plane and before the plane takes off, having Jesus step into the plane with me and be transported without having to fly 14 hours or having to fly two days to get to a country. I would love that. Uh, there was a story uh, Joshua Mills tells that he was in Florida at a conference. He was teaching a conference in Florida, and um, which is a redundant statement for me to say, I'm sorry. But... <clears throat> He was in Florida. He got into an elevator, got out of the elevator in Hong Kong. He got out of the elevator in Hong Kong. A guy met him in Hong Kong. He went and preached in Hong Kong. And then he went back into the elevator and got off the elevator back in Florida. What? And no time passed. That would be cool. It, it relieves you from jet lag, I'm just saying. They were instantly transported to the other side. When Jesus steps into your life, he transports you from where you are to where you're going or to where you're supposed to be. Like a GPS. If you make a wrong turn, it calculates where you're supposed to be based upon where you are and it finds a new route for you to get there. That's if you get off track. But Jesus steps into your boat and you're instantly transported. God takes you from, from, from one glory to the next glory. The Bible says we go from glory to glory and he takes you there. And it can happen in an instant. Sometimes he has to strip you of all your heavy baggage. I had a picture someone gave me of a man leaning over a cliff and on his tie was a heavy bag. And the heavy bag was pulling him down and somebody was coming along to cut his tie so that he could stand on the edge of the cliff. God wants to remove your baggage. Can you let him remove your baggage today? Can you let him fill you with the anointing of the Holy Ghost? 
Can you do it? Or, or do you want to just live your life by yourself? Now, it's either you or Jesus in charge of your life. No in between. It's either you or Jesus. If it's you, you're going to run into some hard knocks. If it's Jesus, the Bible says the steps of a righteous person is order to the Lord. How do you get righteous? By the cross. The Bible says that God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to become sin on your behalf. He became your sin on the cross. So that, I love the so that, you can become the righteousness of God in Christ. It's 1 Corinthians, I think. So that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ. Galatians 2.20. You have been, past tense, crucified with Christ. And it is no longer you who lives, but it is Christ who lives in you. Now, Christ is not his last name. Christ is a calling on his life of the anointing. He is the anointing. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Okay? And you can be transported. God loves you, man. And so the hope today, and the hope I want you to get is, you are never alone. You are never alone. Hear what I said. You are never alone. Jesus is always with you. And when you're, in the, uh, when you're way out in the middle of the lake, and the waves are blowing, and the wind is blowing, Jesus comes along, walking on water, and says, Fear not, I am. Run to him. Get closer to him especially in those times when he is distant. Get closer, because he loves you. All right, that's it for today. Praise God. We're going to get into some bread tomorrow. And um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to cook bread tonight. I don't have any flour. But um, I was going to make some bread, but oh well. Uh, the deal I want to tell you today is that God is powerful. He is amazing. In February, starting February the 1st, I'm going to have an, another live going, and it's called uh, The Healing Challenge, 29 Days of Healing. And we're going to talk about the healing. We're going to talk about why it is God's will to heal you. Why some people seemingly don't get healed. Some people lose their healing. We're going to get into all of that in February, starting February the 1st. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. If you want to give to this ministry, we do Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. Um, uh, what's the other one there? Zelle. I have a GoFundMe account for some transportation needs that I have. You can find that. To email me, Tom and Sarah Ministries at gmail.com. And, uh, and I'll get you all that information, okay? Well, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, get my two books, 
and uh, and that'll help us out financially. Go, uh, go on YouTube channel and go uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't yet, and and that helps out monetarily. Uh, go to my podcast that helps out monetarily. Share, like, and share this video uh, with people, and that helps out as well. It also helps them out spiritually. So praise God, and um, <clears throat> and we're gonna see some major things happening in and through you the more time that you spend with him. Our hope, I love the song, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean, primarily lean, solely lean on Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.